Hello there and welcome to another episode of the Love Isn't Cancelled podcast. I am your host, Michelle Gallant. Thank you for your time and attention towards this next episode and for just being here with me. I truly appreciate your love and support towards this podcast. It means a lot to me that you're here. This next episode is a little different, but it is super special. I was invited to interview the host of an event and talk about what she does as the opener for this event. And it's called The Fearless Woman. And the woman who I interviewed, her name is Gabby Gast. She just got married, so she just changed her name from Gabby Holly to Gabby Gast. So congrats to her. She is a relationship and love coach that focuses on co-parenting. And I met her online and we started to chat and got to know each other and I was really intrigued by her. So we had conversations that led to this opportunity. So the Fearless Woman is an online event and there's, I think there's a little over almost 30 speakers, like a podcast style event about different relationship topics. So the first episode is going to be me interviewing her, talking about her story through her divorce, co-parenting, and where she is now living her best life. That And she just got married, married the love of her life. And she talks about her challenges. And I really encourage you to listen because she really is an inspiration going from experiencing um, health challenges, going through abuse in many different forms, and then overcoming that to getting to where she is now. So I encourage you to check out this event that's gonna be starting next week. It's gonna be really exciting. And if this intrigues you a little bit, just this interview, you need to go and check out the fearlesswomanevent.com. I will put it in the show notes. And if you loved Gabby as much as I did, you need to go check her out online at gabbyholly.com and learn more about her. So I hope you enjoyed this interview. If you did, feel free to slide into my DMs on Instagram and we can chat more about that. Enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to day one of the Fearless Woman series. I'm so excited to have you with us. Today, I am being interviewed by Michelle Gallant. She is a former radio host, podcast host of her show, Love Isn't Cancelled, and a communications professional. Hi, Michelle. I'm so glad to have you as my interviewer today. Hey, Gabby. Thank you so much for inviting me here. I'm excited to be here and be part of this. So it's, it's a truly an honor. Thank you. So let's jump right in. Okay. So now that I have you here, I am just so excited to start this conversation off with, you know, the, the that age old question. Let's go back. How did you get here? Let's talk about your story. Yeah. Thank you for asking. Um, so my story began a long time ago and I will make it as, you know, short and sweet as I can. I was born with cystic fibrosis and that is a genetic lung gut and sinus disease. Um, and when I was born, I was diagnosed 
you know, they, I was born with it. They diagnosed me around six to eight weeks old. And then my mom and dad were told that I would not make it past 11 years old. And I am happy to say that I am going on 34. So we've tripled my life expectancy passing it. So that's super exciting. And while I grew up, I was faced with a lot of challenges. And one of those challenges was when I was in high school, I was dating my, you know, sweetheart and we got married. And with getting married to him, we had our bickering, our fighting. Um, We didn't really see eye to eye on a lot of things. We were young. Um, And then when we, we had just gotten married and my daughter was born um, to a biological mother and we ended up adopting her. And that was beautiful. It was great. You know, she's now almost 11 years old. I can't even believe it. And then a few years later, my son, we adopted him as well. And Throughout our marriage, it went up and it went down, just like everybody says, you know, on the outside of our house, it was great. We were happy. I was known as the girl with a smile all through my life. You can ask anybody who's known me. It's just, I was always smiling. But behind that smile was the truth. And the truth was I was unhappy. I felt like I was expending all of my energy in my day to making sure that nothing was going wrong with my kids, that they were safe, um, and that myself as well, that I was okay. But the one thing that I was letting go of, because my ex-husband now, he was not fully on the same page with me, with my health, and it was up to me to do a lot of the Um, things that went along with breathing treatments. And I had to wear this vest that I turned on and it pumped air back and forth and it kind of beat my chest to, to break up the mucus. And I, I was embarrassed. I felt judged. Um, And he would say things to me that hurt my heart very much such as, you know, um, you're so skinny. um, and, And I was like very frail so that hurt me. Um, you know, you you aren't worth anything. Nobody else will love you. You can't have anything else. Things like that. And over time, um, that verbal, that mental attacking turned um, into a physical touch that was unwanted. And once that happened, we were on a vacation and I was driving and he was in the passenger seat. My two kids were behind us and his family um, was in the back seat. And when he grabbed, we, we disagreed and I believe it was on GPS directions and he grabbed my head and he slammed it into the, dra- to the, sorry, the steering wheel. And at that moment, you know, it was just, okay. So it's been a lot of mental hurt, verbal comments for almost eight, nine years. And now it's turned physical. And if he did that with people in the car, I was afraid of what would happen behind closed doors after we got home from that vacation. So I took the hardest step that I'm sure a lot of our listeners, if they've been divorced or had to leave a breakup, did. And I left. I left not knowing what would happen to my kids if I could take care of them, seeing as though I was 
sick. Um, I left and moved in with my parents, you know, at, I can't even remember how long it was about six years now. So, you know, 27 years old and having to move back in with my parents was not exciting. Um, and just all of the things kind of, you know, my uniqueness with my illness really does come into play with my story because later on about um, in 2017, if I, yeah, 2017, I met my now husband and we met on an app, you know, that Bumble app where the girl has to say yes before there's even a match. Mm -hmm. um, and I took a chance, you know, I was before him, I had, you know, kind of been in another relationship that was unhealthy and I was kind of being dragged along and I just felt like, well, this is just how it is. I was in the past relationship then I experienced similar stuff again, um, no verbal abuse or, you know, physical or anything. It was just the attitude towards the relationship was not that great. And I felt like it would keep going. And then I looked at what was going on and I'm like, that's it. So I want someone who loves me. I know that it happens because my parents are so in love and that honeymoon stage that I talk about with my clients and it can last. And that's what I wanted. So when I met my Paul, my husband now, we just, we were so in love and everything was so different. He actually cared about me when I got sick and I continued to get sicker while with him. He was by my side. There were no questions. And then about two years ago in 2018, um, so shortly after I probably within about nine months after meeting Paul, I was diagnosed with end stage cystic fibrosis. And I get a little choked up thinking about that day. And they told me without a double lung transplant that I would not make it. And my kids were, let's see, two. So they were six and eight at the time. And Paul also has a son um, and he was right in the middle, seven years old. And I lost hope. And I, I remember my mom coming in to the hospital and she looked at me and I was always the positive, you know, got the great attitude, you know, we can do this, we can fight it. And she looked at me and she said, are you okay? And I said, no, I've, I've given up hope. And I remember that moment so clearly because she looked at me and she did the whole switch of the people. <laughs> and she said, Gabby, you've got this. And there is nothing that's gonna stop you from going. You have those kids, you have Paul, you have us, you've made it this far and you're not stopping yet. And from that moment, I was like, you're right. I've been through so much in my life. I've been at my lowest of lows and here's another lowest of low. And I've been up high and I was ready to go. And eight months later, I received a double lung transplant it was a rocky road, but I remember Paul was right by my side the entire time. And still today, you know, if I have a cold or something, he is right, he's, he knows not to let me overdo myself, that I have to take time for me. And he is by my side and my mom. And then after I woke up from my transplant, 
I can't say it was the day of because there were a lot of medications in my body at that time, but I just told myself I have to do something more because I wanted to help more people with the trouble of co-parenting and blending a family because it really is a different way of loving a family when it comes from two different families previously. So I have, that's what I've done. And I love working with moms and women who either they're really struggling with that ex-partner because they never really got along. There's a lot of high conflict. Um, I've experienced so much with my co-parent and today we are, we're cordial. You know, we can laugh when we pick up the kids or laugh about stuff that's going on. We have our moments where we disagree, but we also, I try to keep it away from the kids. And that is what I've learned to be the hardest thing as a co-parent to do is focus on making sure the kids aren't caught in the middle, making sure that you focus on the kids and what they need with that co-parent and then also taking care of yourself. And so from there, what I've, what I'm doing in my coaching has just expanded. Wow. (laughs) I have so many things that I want to say to each of the things that you just described. And first of all, you truly are an inspiration. And I I think even saying that is a bit of an understatement. Thank you so much. To surpass those health challenges, I first want to acknowledge your strength um, and the courage that you possess is truly extraordinary. So thank you for sharing that and being so vulnerable with us. Of course, I've learned, you know, that's one of the main things that I do and why I do what I do because we are as women, especially and moms, so afraid to share our story because of judgment and shame, we're afraid. And so that's why I've created this event and created the coaching that I do is to become fearless. And it's not about having zero fears. It's about the attitude and the steps that you take each day by facing those fears and not just stuffing them to the side. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. I love your messaging and I can relate to a few things you said, but also want to break down some of them too. At the beginning, you had acknowledged that you weren't happy in your first marriage. Um, On the outside, it looked like you were, you were always smiling and you were always possessing, um, you know, something different than what, what you were feeling on the inside. And I can relate, and I think a lot of people can relate to this too, where you put up this image of trying to protect your feelings and you really want to just show everyone that you're living this fairy tale dream when internally you're you're suffering inside. And yeah. I think that has a lot to do with how your mental, physical, overall health um, is affected. Yeah. Now you have experienced emotional, verbal, and physical abuse, and none of those are acceptable. Uh, no matter what way it is, whether you, it is physical, emotional, verbal, I don't think, obviously there is worse than the other, sometimes depending on the situation, but I do feel like they can have a long lasting effect on your internal self and how you choose to deal with it. 
And the fact that you have experienced all of those and you have chose to show up the way you do for yourself, for your kids, for your relationship, your marriage. Yeah. And for today, the audience is truly remarkable. And that is the whole point of being authentic. So again, I want to acknowledge you for being all of those things. Thank you. Um, you, I want to talk a little bit about, so you touched on before you met your now husband, you were dating a little bit and, but there were some patterns that you were discovering that weren't leading you to attract what you truly deserve, which is now your husband, Paul. Yes. So what were some of those patterns and how did you break these? Yeah. So those patterns were, um, that feeling that I had when I was in my previous marriage. And honestly, I dated very little before I had um, met my ex-husband. So when we were together and he would say negative things about me, about my appearance, I just thought that, you know, like I said, that's how it should be. And, and the people that I dated after, um, towards like right after I left my husband, um, it was the patterns of not being able to recognize my self-worth. So for example, just being, how do I answer this? In a way I was talked down upon. So they would recognize how beautiful other people were. And that was something that I experienced more times than I should have in my marriage. So being told flat out that that girl right there is the woman that I wish that I had because of how she looks. And so that was probably one of the biggest things because tied into my health issues, I had body scars that I had not really come to terms with how powerful those scars actually were by shifting my mindset and looking at it like I'm a warrior, I'm a fighter, and my body may not look like somebody else. However, I am beautiful just the way that I am. And I don't need someone to confirm that for me. And so just recognizing and believing is the biggest piece is that once you tell your mind what you believe and how you want to see yourself, your mind and the universe is going to catch on to that. And that is what your body will eventually have a routine of believing. For example, you want to buy a red Mustang and you start driving around the town thinking about how you want to buy a red Mustang and all you see are a ton of red Mustangs. Mm -hmm. Your brain and the universe really connect in this way where if you say, I am beautiful, I am a great mom, I am in my own way perfect the way that I am, I'm my kind of perfect. Your body, your, your mind, everything, you will eventually, it's not an overnight thing. 
Absolutely. And that is why I asked you that question, because I really wanted to see how you got to live the life you're you're leading right now, which is now believing all of those things. Yes. So it wasn't just you needed validation or confirmation from someone else. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what they thought. It now matters what you think and what you believe of yourself. Exactly. You got clear and you attracted what you deserved, which is now the relationship, man, family, and type of, you know, co-parenting that you were looking for, which again, I want to, I hold you to such a high standard now for coming all of this way and really living and believing and now, you know, leading other people to do the same. Because again, like you just said, it is not an overnight thing. It is a day-to-day maintenance on yourself. It is. And one thing that I want to point out is this idea of how much everything going on in our life stacks up on our shoulders. And we tend as moms, as women, and men do it too. We just let it stack and stack because we have this natural response to avoid Um, especially if we're a kind of person that doesn't like conflict. Mm -hmm. And so if you are able to just, you know, shed away the pieces, the layers that have been stacked up on, you are going to, as a person, feel so much happier when you let go. And it was for me, letting go of all of those layers that were upon me, was a struggle. But the more that I practiced it and the more that I did it, the easier it became when another challenging moment arise, arose. So, Amazing. Yeah. So how important is it to have a supportive partner or people in your life? I love that you've asked that. So one thing that I talk about is one thing I experienced this um, while with my ex and also afterwards is this whole idea that we are independent and strong women and we got this. And at first I was like, yeah, cheers. We are awesome. We're independent. We're strong. And then the more I heard it, it just got to me. And I say that, and some of our listeners may be jumping back from their car, their seat in their car, and what is she talking about? <laughs> I say that because we are, we can be independent women, and it's important to be very strong. However, like you just asked, a support system is huge. And that support system can be a good friend, um, a coach, a mentor, a therapist, um, you know, your partner, if you have one. We don't need to rely, so, so to say, on that support that we have, but we need to open our hearts and open our minds to allow and receive that support because without it, we really do feel alone. 
And I just, I, I mentioned that about being, you know, Miss Independent because we shouldn't go into the world like we can do it 100% on our own because we're not, we're not perfect human beings and none of us will ever be perfect. We can be who we want to be. And so the support system, you know, I just want to say that if you don't have a support system, there are so many out there. Listen to podcasts, go to events like this. You know, we have a Facebook group that's attached to this event. If you have Facebook, go ahead out there and um, that is in your latest email, the link to get there. Join our Facebook group because there you are going to find so many like-minded women who have been through a tough, tough relationship, who are married and just want to be a better wife. And those that have kids and blended families because they've married into, um, married and someone either brought kids or they didn't have kids and you had kids, all different scenarios. They are all out there in that Facebook group. So you do have the ability to connect and create a relationship with someone who understands where you are and probably understands where you want to be. Hmm. That right there was powerful. Um, I think we hold this image of being independent so high. And I think, you know, social media and the media itself has made us believe that we need to be independent. Yes. I spent years of my life being so proud to be an independent woman and taking care of myself. And I don't need a man and all these things, but really (laughs) was feeling alone and lonely when at the end of the day, I wasn't looking, it, it was such a, when I finally got to realization that it wasn't that I didn't need a man, it was that, or anyone around me, it was that the support was there. So take it. Yes. And don't and be afraid to ask. That's right. And it wasn't, it wasn't that someone's going to swoop in and save me. Mm-hmm. It was that someone was there if I needed it, when I needed it to be there for me. Yes. So everything you just said was such gold. And I hope people are really taking note of this to shift the way that you start thinking about your independence and your environment. And you can choose who you want to show up in your environment and who you don't want to be there. Exactly. And I love that you said that because it's one of the things, um, and you'll hear this talked about in a couple of the episodes in this event is create that bucket of people. You're going to have a lot of different buckets. The one of the buckets you have and that you want to have is who around you can you share anything with? And it's probably a small amount of people who are not going to judge you, who are not going to butt in while you're telling them something and try to tell you how it should be. And honestly, for me, that was about two people. And those two people were actually not related to me. So these buckets that you create also create a bucket of people who, if you've been divorced, um, if you, you know, you're married and Um, something happened where your partner, maybe they cheated or something, but you want to keep your relationship going and find ways to improve that relationship. 
make a bucket of people that can relate to you because those are the people that can understand the most Mm. and they will listen because they've also needed that support before. So they have that extra level of understanding and compassion versus that level of you should leave him because he cheated on you, you know, whatever that may be for you. So. Absolutely. So what three things can we start doing today if we are at the beginning of a separation involving children? Awesome. Well, thank you for asking. Um, so the th- I would say the three things today, number one would be to, you're going to hear this in one of our episodes, is to allow your child grace. And what I mean by that is give them a little bit extra compassion. Because if you are going through a divorce or even after a divorce, your child, if you have 50-50 custody, 50-50 placement, whatever that may be, there's going to be a transition period from when they go from your co-parent's house to your house. And in most relationships and divorces of the women that I've spoken to and myself included, that parenting relationship that I had with my ex-husband, we weren't on the same page a lot. So when they are now at your co-parent's home, they may be doing things that you don't allow at your house or vice versa. So when they come home to you and they are bouncing off the walls or they are jumping on the furniture or they're just throwing their clothes everywhere and you have a little bit more of a routine at your home, allow them grace to transition because that is what they know at their dad's house. That is what they know at the co-parent's home. And I'm not saying let it all slide, but I'm asking you to take a pause and a breather and shift what they're doing, whether that be, you know, they come in and they throw their stuff down. Don't yell at them for throwing down their jackets and their shoes and everything. Instead, just say to them, I'm so happy to have you home. I missed you. How about we pick up your shoes and jacket and then let's go do a puzzle or whatever it may be that you're doing after they get home is just change that transition so that hopefully in time, if you practice that, they'll come home and put their stuff where it goes. And then they'll be like, all right, mom, what are we doing? Mm. That's beautiful. And I think that's a lot of, you know, we always strive to say communication is, is key and we need to be open with it, but it's not a lot of thing. It's not, we don't really enforce it so much when it comes to this type of thing, because we're so quick to judge or quick to, you know, take action on how we feel and not really consider the environment or the effect that it can have long term. So yeah, I appreciate that you touched on those things to really just take a step back and be aware of and be present. Most definitely. Yeah. And, and I say that because you're right. The communication, that would be my second one. When you were with your ex-partner, um, did you communicate a lot? Did you argue a lot? 
was there a lot of snapping you know he would say something and you'd react really quickly you'd say something and he would react well if you are answering yes most likely where you are right now you are still doing the same things to your kids to anybody that you communicate with maybe you have a new partner or you're married and you find yourself repeating those habits mm-hmm. and i would <clears throat> i would say again this allowing grace give yourself grace to recognize when you see that happening recognize is it something that you want to keep doing so if you are reacting and not communicating take that pause the pause is okay and i love talking about taking a pause because you can use it in any any moment of your life um pause what you're doing and don't respond just allow a little bit of time to put yourself back together so that you can respond a little bit more calmly because we all know if if someone yells at us or reacts to us or snaps at us we then want to snap back or we stuff it inside because it hurts so much so i would say for communication is to use that pause use the pause when your kids come to you and say um you know we did this at dad's and maybe it's um staying up until midnight and having ice cream i don't know i'm just throwing something out there <laughs> but you cannot control what is going on at dad's house anymore so let it go did anybody you know and this kind of falls into my third suggestion i'm going to mix them together here if that's okay yeah when i'm saying let it go for my clients a big thing that i recommend and you'll hear this in our episodes is pick three things that are going on that just irk you they drive you nuts they are your biggest pet peeves and for example we're going to use your co-parent he lets them stay up till midnight and they're 5 years old okay most likely they probably won't make it until midnight however if it's happening where they stay up late you cannot control that so let it go is anybody getting hurt is it dangerous if not if you let it go there will come a time where because you are not reaching out to your co-parent and saying why did you let them stay up late again they're exhausted today they had a bad day at school if you're not messaging him that back to my second tip of communication is communicate um if you're not responding to him and reacting like that he isn't going to know what to do except if that's not bothering you either he's going to find something that bothers somebody else or he'll pick something else to bother you with and eventually he's going to run out if you can practice this communication style of not reacting so quickly mm. i love that you are so aware and you know you're willing to take a step back and put the focus on trying to improve you know your relationship 
kids with your ex or a relationship with your ex, with your kids, co-parenting, all of these things, because I I'm thinking about the story that you just told and going back, you have every right to, you know, be negative, be rude, yeah, control the situation, not even allow any, you know, outside influence from your ex into your kid's life. Like you have all of these reasons to do the opposite of what you're doing right now. And I really want to acknowledge and point that out to people that are listening, despite the past, despite what has happened, you're not there anymore. And you Mm -hmm. decided to, you decided to move forward into this new life that you want to create and build for yourself moving forward because that past no longer exists. Like yesterday didn't, doesn't exist anymore. Five years ago didn't exist. And you can decide to stay stuck back there and hold people to this standard or blame them. Or you could decide to take your life, be present, move forward in a way that is going to grow and build into this thriving life that you've been given. Yes. And you decided to do that. So I think that, you know, the takeaway that I really want to enforce for me is no matter whatever situation that you have been in, it can seem like the worst of the worst is not to stay there, is not to stay stuck in that holding pattern of blame and shame and guilt and negativity you you don't have to stay there there's nothing telling you that you have to stay there and live that life over and over and over again 100 percent. and you're it's only temporary the moment that you are in right now is only temporary and i say that from both sides if you're going through a separation, a divorce, if you are in a marriage and you guys are fighting all of the time, if you and your kids don't get along and you see yourself yelling a lot, if you're single and you're a single mom and you are just struggling because you don't know where to turn next, right now in this moment is only temporary. And from the other side, if you are in a place where you are winning at pieces of your life, like co-parenting and your relationship with your kids is great, that again is only temporary. However, you are learning throughout this series and throughout the messages that we have to share and that I share is you are growing with all that you've learned and these tips and strategies that you can use so that when this moment of greatness or struggle flips to struggle or greatness, you have the tools with you and you've, you can grow and learn and get through that next moment a little easier than you were able to before. Mm, yes. And that is going to, I'm going to segue into some of my final questions here to wrap this up for your audience, but I really, I really want to know now what makes your relationship now with your new husband, again, uh, congratulations. That's so exciting. Thank you. So happy for you. What are you doing now in this relationship that you weren't doing before that's making it grow? So I would say the number one thing is before my partner um, 
my ex-husband, my boyfriend, whatever was in between, they had hobbies and those hobbies are healthy and we all should have hobbies that don't include the other person. I took those hobbies personally and I resented them in a way when they wanted to do those hobbies because I felt like we should be doing something together or why are you doing that when we could be, you know, mowing the lawn or things like that. And I looked at those hobbies and what they were doing in a negative way. And I have since flipped that to go, he's happy. My, my husband wrenches on cars and he remodels houses. Like he is the jack of all trades. And I look at him and when he's doing those things, whether I'm there or not, his smile is so genuine and he is so happy that why would I want to take that away or complain about him spending a couple hours doing that on a weekend. And that is probably the number one thing is to switch my mindset in so many aspects of my life and different relationships to think positively. And I know that is a really hard thing if you have not done that before. It will take a long time and a lot of tripping along the way. But if you are able to switch your mindset to be a little bit more positive and to not latch on to the negative side of things or why something bothers you, that would be my number one. And that helped us in our relationship because he does the same thing. I love to read and in my previous relationship, it was like a judgment and he made fun of me for reading, thought it was dumb. And now I can read and he's like, hey, you know, when you're done with that chapter, you wanna go do this? And it's just such a great loving connection that we have. Mm, that is a beautiful space to be in with your partner. And as you were talking, I can, I'm thinking back to my current relationship and I can relate. And I, I feel like nobody, I was not expecting you to say that answer I was <laughs> like at all, but that is such a beautiful way to really say it's so important to take care of yourself first. Yes. Because that person that, you know, you're not judging for remodeling a home or taking time out of their day to do something they like, they're going to come back so energized and fulfilled yeah. to now be with you that it's just going to like flourish the relationship even more because there was no judgment or shame or guilt around it. It was just love. Yes. And then they share with you what's going on. And that's the best part. Even though I have no idea what a... <laughs> B block engine is, I think that's what it's called. I don't know. But just when he talks about it, he's so passionate and it, he knows I don't get it, but he still rants on. Um, but yeah, it's a, we laugh about it. And you talk about the self-care, that self-love, and that is my number two. I did not take care of myself as much as I should have in my previous relationships. And not only health-wise, not everybody just struggles with health like I did and I do. However, I mean, the idea, if you have children, that your children come first. I'm gonna throw this out there. They do not. You, you come first. 
Your kids are a close second, let me say that, and so is your partner. However, if you are not taken care of and you are not in a good mindset and feeling happy, how are you going to show up in your marriage, with your kids, in the struggles that you might have with your co-parent? How, how can you then show up? And so I say that in a way, it's all with love. You need to focus on you. And things that I do is I journal, you know, there's struggles that I have and things that um, go on in my life that I need to write down. And one of, we do talk in one of our episodes about how we look at our story as a mom and as a woman and writing down things in our story in our journal that may be good or bad. And if they're bad and they show up a lot in your journal, it's time to take a look at that and think about adjusting it in some way. That is such a great tip to, for everyone to start doing. Yeah. Um, no matter what mind frame or mindset you currently have is to that last tip you just gave about journaling. It is such a, it's free for one. Exactly. <laughs> and it can take little to tons of time. You control it and you decide what you want to say and you just let it flow. And I yeah. think that that is such a powerful exercise for people to start implementing in their day-to-day -day or whatever works for best for them. Yeah. And I have to say, I have to say this because Michelle, you recently posted um, on your Instagram about journaling um, to have this receiving of financial freedom. Mm. And I was watching that and I took your suggestion and I was journaling about it. And the next day, so this was only a couple of days ago, because I believe that was this week that you posted this um, yeah. story. Um, and I had been going through a lot of my medical bills and being as though I have a lot of medical stuff, I have a lot of medical bills and we were going through and kind of, you know, paying things and putting it on the docket and stuff. And I called one of the hospitals and I said, you know, I received this bill and it, it was a few thousand dollars. And I was like, I hadn't seen this before. And it says it was from a couple of years ago and I left a voicemail. And then I received a call back and the woman said, we are so sorry that you received that bill. We made a mistake on our end and we did not bill you properly. So we have completely deleted these charges for you. And I, I'm still, when I think about it, yeah, I was shocked because you never hear of that happening. And I, I believe that is because I opened my heart to receiving in that way. Oh, I love that you just share that. I have pure goosebumps right now and <laughs> I'm like a tears in my eyes. Cause I'm so friggin' happy to hear that. And it really, it, it goes back to the journaling. I, I didn't journal about finances for until this year, I used to journal for years about other things, but until I got the concept that it really does work in all areas of your life. Yes. Things start happening when you start exploring those um, other topics and things that are bothering you and things you need to get clear with. Things start coming into your life because you're open to it now. Like you just said, you start yes. receiving things that 
we're there for you, but you weren't open to receive them. Yes, I know. And it takes us all the way back to the beginning of our conversation about believing. Yes. Set your heart to believing and anything is possible for you. Anything and everything. Um, There absolutely is no cap on it. You can have, there are tons of examples. I mean, you're an example of it. I'm an example of it. Tons of people in the audience, people that are speaking, you hear it all the time of these stories that it never should have happened to, but it did. It did. And it, you get to move forward and use your story in a positive way to help others. That is the best way that I could start to end this conversation yes. with you. <laughs> I really, again, I, I can't thank you enough for um, allowing me to be here in this space to chat with you more about your story, to learn about you, to explore these topics and to invite people into these conversations. Thank you for being so vulnerable with me. I appreciate you. I am so excited for what is in store for you in this next chapter of your life. And I'm excited for this event. And I hope everyone takes at least one thing that they can start to implement in their life to make that positive shift in such a beautiful way. So thank you so much, Gabby. Of course. Thank you for your time today. And I hope that everybody listening has a great day. And be sure to check out the website um, that you received as signing up for this event where you saw and heard my audio recording, where you will receive a free gift from me today that you can take and start using right away. Have a great day. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I invite you to join me every week as I openly discuss relationships, and not just the fairy tale love story shit. I'm talking about the challenges, the hard stuff, and the things you must first face and discover about yourself before you can fully be with someone else. Love is Encantled isn't just about the love for someone else, but the love for yourself. Really, it's about the love for yourself. And then exploring those challenges and behaviors and actions and patterns into somebody else. I'll share stories, interviews, and advice that no one asked for, but you need to hear. Thank you so much for your time and attention. We'll see you next week. And if again, if you enjoyed this episode, I would love it and appreciate it if you went to Apple Podcasts and left me a review. Thanks so much and see you next time.